the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the second SpotTrack.com podcast of 2019. My name is Paul Peck with the founder and all things guru of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. Already, we're into our second one of the new year, and, and uh, it barely feels like a new year yet. No, but there's plenty going on. Plenty That's to true. Do. I'm, uh, I'm plenty busy on the site, and uh, you know the sports situation across all the leagues is really ramping up here in terms of some playoffs, some uh, off seasons, and uh, well, I guess for baseball, maybe not not yeah, so much. Right? We'll talk about why it's again so quiet in baseball in a moment. Our normal uh, third wheel here, Kevin Sylvester's on assignment, so uh, he hopefully will join us again for next week. So Mike and I will carry you through this latest edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast. We're going to talk a little college football, a little NFL a little Major League Baseball and maybe even drop a little NBA in. As Mike said, there's always a lot going on this time of year. And to some degree, the off-season of a football season is as, if not more, exciting and interesting for Mike and for fans of SpotTrack.com than the season is itself. But, Mike, let's start with a place that we don't normally start with because uh, at the moment the the players aren't getting paid, so it's not necessarily on your radar. But as we record this, the day after, after the national championship college football game and the big win for the Clemson Tigers, you want to talk a little bit about their quarterback. I, I do. And by the way, the, the coaches are getting plenty paid. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the bonuses There are no caps night. there, are there? No. Oof. Um, so that's salt on the wound for those players. But yeah, look, it was it was clearly obvious and, and the, the discussions this morning and pretty much the rest of this week, I'm sure, are going to be about Trevor Lawrence. These quarterbacks that are playing in systems that now translate to the NFL. They, they do. I mean, you look at that game last night. That's an NFL-caliber game. Clearly, those are the two best teams. That's not the discussion to have here. It's that we've got this 19-year-old kid who looks like he just got off a surfboard, yeah. and he's ready. I keep thinking of Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High for you older crowd out there whenever the, uh, I see him. So. The comparisons to uh, celebrities and, and other people yeah, on Twitter um, have been Sunshine phenomenal. Sunshine from, uh, from Remember the Titans, you know, uh, the dude from Dazed and Confused. Like I, That was last night was trying to see you know my how favorite many was? different people they could compare. My favorite to. was the uh, comparison to... Uh, Bad News Bears, the, the long-haired kid who came in at the end. Yeah. The, rode the motorcycle. Um, That's my favorite now you're, one. Now uh, you're Kelly Leak. Kelly Leak. Kelly Leak. There it is. Yes. So, you know, when, when as you sent me the, the lineup for us to talk about, what you said to me was, Trevor Lawrence, is he NFL ready? And the answer to that, on my perspective, is he's not NFL ready yet. Let's be honest. He's not. But as NFL offenses How? become more like college offenses, he becomes ready. But aren't we there? We're not there? Not there yet. No, not there yet. Because, again, you, you have to look at this most recent college class of rookie quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and, and Mayfield and all those guys made an impact but still didn't take any of their teams to the playoffs. So I'm hesitant to want to say that, A, we're there yet, and B, they're ready. But, but as offenses continue to look a lot more like they did and let's be honest, from high school to college to the NFL, there's starting to be less and less of a gap. It makes a guy like Trevor Lawrence feel like he could step right in right now and be pretty good. I, I, I'll agree with you. I'll, I'll agree that it's probably not likely that a 19-year-old comes to the NFL and is successful. I mean, Baker Mayfield was partially successful. Sure. Right? Josh Allen, Josh Rose, and they had their moments. Um, I do think it's getting there more and more every year. Right, I think I think we we watched that game last night, and those are NFL plays, and an NFL quarterback making NFL throws. Yet, yet, how much time do we spend on this? 
podcast talking about the 35 and older and the 40 and older quarterbacks and how they dominate the league. So I'm not ready yet to tell you that a 20-year-old kid can come in and do what Brady, Breeze, Rivers, and those guys have done yet either. But, But the difference is, is that a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, is not eligible for the draft until 2021. He's got two more years at Clemson before he can come into the draft. But because he's been in clinics, in seven-on-seven camps, uh, playing football nonstop, playing an offense that's pretty similar to the one he's playing now in Clemson, that leads itself to the progression of how guys can be ready quicker than they normally would be. Here's why I want to bring this up. Here's why this matters to the Spot Track podcast. Um, We've said it before. We had a pretty good discussion last week about it on here. Just, I'm worried. (laughs) I'm worried that if we've got 19-year-olds who can do that and potentially could do that in the NFL, right? It's, it's arguable, at least. Sure. It's arguable. Sure. And we've got Baker Mayfields and Josh Allens and Josh Rodens and Sam Darnolds, and there's another wave coming, and there's another wave after that, and Phillip Rivers is going to retire in two years, and Ben Roethlisberger in two years, and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Eli Manning and Joe Flacco, and there's this massive transition happening, and that's just at one position, right? right. We're not even talking about running backs or cornerbacks or safeties. But, but it's relating itself to wide receivers, it's and, and it's yeah. relating itself to the Chargers playing seven defensive backs against the Ravens. Who would have ever thought you could do that? But they did it because of what the, of what the offenses are now dictating to the defenses. Right. Right, exactly. And I think we've already seen it with wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Des Bryant barely had a job this year. Yeah. And he's 30, not even 30. Right. Okay. Yep. So we're seeing There's the so many of them You can out see there. where I'm getting to. There's, there is not, not only is there a saturation, but there is a complete shift to the rookie wage scale. Right. That, that, is, that is the only way for these teams to build now, right? And if you're, if you're a lonely free agent, whether you've scored 10 touchdowns last year or not, you're getting $2 million. Or less. Yeah. And that's, that's just where we're going. And that's terrifying. That's terrifying from a veteran standpoint. That's terrifying from a cap standpoint. Here's where I, why I wanted to get into this. There are currently 12 teams with at least $40 million of cap space for next year. 12. That's almost half the league. There, there, there's almost no way they can all spend that. And there's six good free agents. Yeah. Let's, be, let's be fair. Yeah. There's six good free agents. There's really not a great wide receiver out there. Right. There's Golden couple, Tate probably would be the number one good, guy, right? Good, not great at, yeah, his, good, at his age, but, right? But not a, not a number one dominant No, he's receiver. not going to catch 100 balls. So no. I, it's, yeah, where are we going with this, right? Where are we going? Has the NFL sort of come to its breaking point with their current CBA, which allows teams to roll over cap and has since 2011? Um, I mean, you had teams who completely rebuilt themselves last year, the Cleveland Browns, the 49ers the Cardinals to some degree, the Seahawks to a lot of degree, right? Yeah. They completely rebuilt themselves last year. They spent a ton last year, and they still have $60 million in cap space. For All right. This well, year. you mentioned the rollover thing. Why, why, is that, why is it like that? How did that happen, and, and does was, that need to change? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. It, it was done initially. Again, to, teams, it, if they don't spend right. in 2018, they, whatever money is left can be rolled into 2019. So the number may tell you that you have $25 million under the cap, but if you didn't spend 20 the year before, now you have $45 million. Right, and we show, it, we show it as the total. We show it as the combined on spot track. So what you're, when you're seeing cap space for 2019, you're seeing a combination of, you know, cap cap that's spent into 2019 versus cap that's been rolled over. So it's 
like I said, these numbers are sort of jarring for a lot of these teams who just went and spent $100 million last year. Um, it is a problem, I think. I think there's, there's maybe too much space to work with now. Well, it goes against a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, yeah. which is free agency is, is a fool's goal. It, yeah. it, it, it teams, there's just no correlation to long-term success by going out and spending a lot of money on veterans. And so, so here you have all these teams with all this money to spend, no really good players to spend it on, but desperation from some of these teams to show their fans that they're being active. So they're going to go on a crazy, on crazy wild shopping spree. You asked why it was put in. It was put in in 2011 because teams were a mess. The Saints, the Cowboys, there, there were multiple teams who were just in cap hell, essentially, right? And, and to throw a hard cap into, this, into the league and say, everybody get underneath it and everybody do it, they, ba- they basically had to put in a, uh, you know, a rider, right? A, a guide to help these guys, help these teams sort of understand how this was going to work, give them a couple of years to flush it all out. Well, we're past that point. We're eight years in now. This is going to be the eighth year of the CBA. Um, and teams have figured it out. Not only have they figured it out and cleaned out their systems, but they've completely converted to this, you know, this rookie wage, build through the draft, minimal veteran, you know, benefits. Um, you know, the, just the contracts are, they're going in two directions, right? They're, most of the positions are completely stripped down. And then you've got the quarterback, which has risen 80%. I did the numbers this morning. From 2011 to 2019. Wow. Yeah, the in, average in 2011, it, in 2011, Peyton Manning had an $18 million salary. That was the highest. Now you've got Rodgers at 33.5. Right. So exponential growth there, of course. But you know the cap and the rookie wage scale has only grown 60%. So you know, of course you're going to pick that. You're always going to pick that, and especially with the quarterback position, if you can get a guy for six years. So there's a couple of things to discuss here, and I, and I want to get your t- your take on it. Let's start actually with with the rookie wage scale. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for a governed system for guys to come in and have look at there's no complaints there's no there's no you, it was, you can barely question what you're going to make. It, it, the Sam Bradford deals of the past were Stafford. unfair, and, and, it, and it frankly pissed off the veterans yep. um, because these guys hadn't done anything to earn it. And, and let's be honest, the culture of the NFL is all about you have to earn your place, you have to earn your spot. This is a man's league, you know, all that stuff. So, so that was driven by the players as much as anything. It so was. that won't change. It won't you, change. You don't think? No, I don't think so because I don't think the players – I don't think the players are willing to the veteran players who still make up the bulk of the NFLPA, I don't think would be willing to sacrifice the fact that they don't want to see untested players earning more money than they do. Okay. Okay. Um, The problem is it's such a good value. It's too good of a value. It's way too good of a value. It, it's changed the way teams think There's now because not a the chance value is so good. The Browns were going to were going to sign Sam Bradford or Kirk Cousins right. because they could get Baker Mayfield for thirty three million dollars over four years, yeah. plus a fifth year option, plus a franchise tag. So the players are going to have to realize that what it's done now is made is shifted the paradigm to draft them, play them, dump them. Draft. So them, they're never even getting to that them, veteran point. Try to trade them. If they can't trade them, they're gone. Yeah. So let's, well, that's a it's a good that's here's, a good here's the second part argument. Of here's the second part of this. So you're you're probably right. You're probably right. The, the wage scale is not going away, but does it need to be shortened? Why does it need to be four years? If guys have to stay three years in college, 
Why do they need to be on a four-year governed rookie contract? My first thought would be teams feel like they need that long to develop the players. But, that, I, but well, didn't again, we just prove they changing, don't? though, right? <laughs> this, as soon as I said it, I realized it. You know, it, it was done in an era where a rookie made a minimal impact and and a better impact in his second year, but was really became the player that he was supposed to be in his third and fourth years. And the teams wanted to be able to have that player under control and not lose him. Could you imagine if the rookie deal was two years? To, or two years, but to the point you're making is guys come in now so much more. Not all guys. Some we were talking about this before. Some positions lend themselves to being able to come in and play and impact right away. Others, like quarterback and wide receiver, don't always impact as quickly as other positions do. So teams are going to be hesitant to say, wait a minute, we're not going to put all this time and effort and use a first-round draft pick on a guy and try to develop him to the point when he gets to be the player that we expected him to be in year number three. You're telling me we're going to lose him? Teams will never let that happen. Let me put this past you. Right now, the way I just laid it out, and it's, it's fair. I mean, it's what we've seen. You get a four-year rookie contract. You get a fifth-year option for the first-rounders, which essentially most of these quarterbacks are. So four years, fifth-year option, Six-year franchise tag, maybe a seventh-year franchise tag. That's those are all in play now. That is a significant window. We've talked about windows on here and cycles, you know, across all the sports. That is a that is a budgetable window, right? If you get Baker Mayfield, you've now got him for seven years, right? And you don't have to do anything about it. You right. just have to afford it, which you can. You and can beyond do. quarterback, let's be honest, that is well past the average life cycle of an NFL player. Well, for if we're talking the other positions. Definitely. Yeah. Like if we're talking about a wide receiver in the first round who gets the fifth year option, that's plenty of time. Right. Certainly for a, for running, a back. running back, that's too Certainly. much time. So this rookie wage scale now is seven years for these elite players, mm -hmm. right? That's where we're talking. Yeah, no, you're right. Which is plenty of time for these teams Which to figure this out. Which is why I always sort of um, uh, bristle at fans who are like, oh, he's going to be our left tackle and our quarterback for the next 10 to no. 12 years. No, he's not. He's going to be there for six but, but and, and maybe seven, and that's it. But what if it was two? What if it was two? What if you only had two years? Does that, does that increase or decrease the chance that you have to play the guy right away? Well, it certainly increases. It does. Yeah. But then what happens year three? Well. What if um, that's a club option? Basketball there's does, no basketball way does this two would even, club options. It would even make the discussion table unless the club option was, was part of year three. Of course. Because so, there's no way the teams are going to want to let guys go after two years. The NBA has two, a two-year contract. A third-year club option, a fourth-year club option, then there's a fifth-year essentially like a franchise tag, essentially. That makes a little more sense to I just me. think this thing needs to be reduced. Yeah. Because you're giving teams house money. Right. You're saying, here's our guy. We've got him for six years, maybe seven. There's no questions. Nobody's going to touch him. It's not going to cost us more than, you know, maybe a combined $60 million for Baker Mayfield. Would, would a position-specific... Uh, factor come into something like I, that? I think it's going to have to be in the conversation. Because the, the quarterback has to be treated differently. Of course. Has to be. Of course. You know, again, I'm trying, you know, again, and, and all these are great ideas, but but you have to think about how realistic they may or may not be. And yeah. I can, you know, if this comes up at the bargain table, the teams are going to be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. We're not, you know, a quarterback isn't ready. I mean, clearly, as we saw with the group that we mentioned, they're not likely to be the players that they're supposed to be until year three. So there's no way. I'm NFL not sure there's team. evidence for that anymore. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, but they weren't the players they're supposed to be in year one. 
So sure. you would figure all of them will take incremental steps forward in year two. So does that mean all five of those guys are going to the playoffs next year? I hmm. doubt that. But maybe by year three, when Josh Allen and, and Rosen gets better pieces around him and Mayfield gets more comfortable, you know, year three would be the year. I don't think that's changed when those guys will become who they're supposed to be. Okay, that's fair. So from an NFL team standpoint, you're like, what do you mean we're going to lose them after that? Yeah, I think that's the point. I think the point should it shouldn't be so easy. Right now, it's really easy. True. It's really easy to draft a guy, play him, you know, six weeks into the first year, let him, let him get his feet wet a little bit, let him be terrible in year two. That's, doesn't that always happen? I mean, there's always a setback in year two. Usually. Year three, they yeah, well, and I, again, because now <laughs> Dak Prescott, um, we already saw it to some degree with Lamar Jackson when sure. the Chargers came around the second time. Every team on Baltimore's schedule next year is going to devise a system to combat Make what Lamar grow. Jackson does. Now, is he good enough to overcome that? Well, we'll see. Some guys have been, some guys have not. You, you brought up Dak Prescott, classic example. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's just something that needs to be on the table at least. At least some sort of revision work with the rookie wage scale because I just think the process is a little bit too, like I said, it's a little bit too easy right now for teams. It's kind of a slam dunk. And there's no chance for the Joe Flacco's in the world to, to hang on anymore. I mean, Joe Flacco may never start a game again. Right. He may never start a game again. Well, he will because he'll go somewhere where know. someone gets hurt. But, but see, that's the other thing. The injury factor changes a lot of that. But, but I, know where you, I know what your point is, is that there's a chance that there's not a single team that's willing to commit to Joe Flacco to be their starter. Yeah. He better be ready to be a backup somewhere. And look at a situation like Jameis Winston. There's probably no reason he should, have, he should be back next year. But he's going to be. He will be. And you know why? Because the rookie wage scale allows for it. Oh, right. he's got a fifth-year option. It's yeah. easy. There's, a, there's an end date. Right there's an there's an out after Give this. One we might as well year. just do it for one more year. Give you one know, more it's year, into yeah. the CBA. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no other reason he should be on that no, team. No, no, you know, right. especially with the guys who are going to be available. So I, I, to me, it's like I said, it's sort of making things a little bit too easy for these GMs in terms of the young guys versus the old guys. But let's switch here. I want to switch gears to the old guys because the old guys, like I'm calling them, 27 right. year old yeah. old guy. But look. Look, there's another systematic thing happening because of the cap space that's involved that we mentioned here. San Francisco got $60 million again. They had 109 last year. And because they had that, they gave Jimmy Garoppolo this ridiculous contract, right? The six-year deal. It's not a six-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Right. This was, I said this right when it happened. I'm going to say it right now. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo an NBA deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going to look like it's this awesome thing. It's not an awesome thing. It's one year's $37 million. From here out, he's a $23 million quarterback. $23 million a year. That's average. That's right. what Dak Prescott's going to right. be. Right. Okay, which is fair. That's sure. great. As a, for, for a starting quarterback with an upside in the NFL. Great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, especially with the injury now. Perfect. They're, I'm sure they're thrilled about that. But that are we going there? I think Are so. Are we going? To, is think, that what this offseason is going to be? I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay yeah. Le'Veon Bell $20 million well, that's, to be a Well, that's Colt. what I was just going to say to you. You know, we, right? we, we, there's already been a lot of talk. If you've followed what the Colts have done and this, this, this terrific run that they're on, the 10 of their last 11 wins, and they're, what do they have, 100 and some 120, odd? 120, yeah. 120 in cap space yeah. next year. Now, how are they going to spend it? They're what not. are they going to spend it on? They're, 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 not a, they're not the Redskins. They're not no. going to go out and sign a bunch of veterans. But maybe they do d- decide that Le'Veon Bell can help them next year. But I, but I almost guarantee you, to your point, they'll offer him a one-year 
$25 million deal. It'll, a, look, they it'll can, look like four years. Right. But 50. they can handle it under the cap <laughs> because they've got all this ridiculous yeah. space they're never going to spend. They, there's no commitment to him beyond that. Right. Um, you know, the, the Jets, the Bills, the Colts they are can the all three. Do it. They, they all have this ridiculous amount of cap space without a big pool of available players to spend it on. So I think what you're going to see is exactly that. Okay, we'll sign you. We'll give you a ridiculous amount of money up front. But if it doesn't work out and you don't live up to what, you, what you're supposed to be, then we have the ability to get out of it. I think we're. I think Le'Veon Bell better totally be ready to handle a, a basically a one-year $20 million deal. Is this good? I don't, I don't a know. A lot of the other sports good. have had this happen, and they've had to change. Basketball had to go to basically weighted salaries, right? So you can increase or decrease 5% every year. They had to do this. Hockey doesn't even deal with it. Hockey, the cap, it is just the average salary of the contract. Right. And, and maybe that's somewhere the football needs to go. The players don't love it because there's no long-term guarantees. But right? So no- Le'Veon Bell is going to bristle at not being able to sign the five-year deal that he thinks he deserves. Right. right? So the players dissatisfaction with it will drive changes would be my suspicion. So this is twofold, right? Garoppolo gets that deal because they don't trust him. Let's be fair. They don't he trust him. Himself. He's got to prove it. That's a show me deal. That's a modern show me deal. Right. Right? They had a ton of cap room. They needed to get to the cap floor. They had to, they had to, they had to spend money and they had a ton of cap space to use. So it was a no brainer to give him 37 million in one year. Obviously that makes him happy too. But I think that is bad. I think that's bad for football. What, what if that $27 million AAV had to, had to be the cap hit for all six years? What like if, it, what if like that's how things hockey. ran? Yeah, right. hockey. And yeah. basketball, too. So I, I just think... Well, then you're not doing it. You're, you're flat out not doing it. You're not doing it. Right. You're not doing it. Um, and there's a lot of contracts that essentially do this, right? They're cap contracts. Yeah. Right? They're, whether they're, they're short and cap up front, which is common. You see that a lot with extensions. You know, they... Teams need to save some cap space, so they give a guy a five-year extension, and they push all the money to the end of the right. contract, and that never is going to happen anyway. Right. That's the common way to do it, but we're seeing the reverse now. This, the 49ers did this with Jarrett McKinnon, too. They gave him a ton of money up front on a $7.5 million deal, which isn't $7.5 million, right? It's not, that's not how he's going to play out the rest of this contract. We're going to see more of this, for, for sure. Bell's just one example. We're going to see, you know, if Justin Houston gets released out of, out of Kansas City, we're going to see the Bills and, and the Colts and the Jets throw a ton of money at Justin Houston right, right. over the first two years because they've got the cap to burn, and they want to use that cap space while they have it because who knows in three years, right? So I, the two things correlate. You've got, you've got a push to, to build to the draft more so than ever. You've got your most important position being built through the draft, which is saving right. teams – cap and cash everywhere right now. I mean, you've got the Browns being able to spend so much money on whoever, on inside linebackers and in defensive tackles. Yeah. You know, they can do whatever they want right now. They can do whatever they want this, this offseason because they've already got a core in place. They've got the quarterback in place. They've got wide receivers in place. So I, it's complete house money in Cleveland right now, and they just need a coach who can put it all together. But, right. Um, we're, it's a, it's we're, a very we're interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's a very it's almost like dynamic. Both, both really ends is. of this need to be fixed, right? right. We, need, we need some sort of revision in the rookie wage scale to, to I, I think, to lessen the years. I think that would do it. I think that would, it, would, it would make it more difficult to, to get that guy and then build your team around him and win a Super Bowl in five years, which is right. what these teams are trying to do. I, if you could minimize that window from a rookie wage scale point of view, I think that would at least make it more complicated, which is good. And then from the other end, I'm not sure these heavily front-loaded contracts are good for football either. Well, you know, the, the, the whole free agency dynamic for so many years was the teams that went crazy spending yeah. in free agency generally 
didn't see the benefits of it and then were left caught with these ridiculous contracts that they had given veteran players who, who were never really worth it and you know and never lived to the value of it but now what, you, what you're talking about is there's no repercussions there no. you can do that so why wouldn't you do it why wouldn't you say I need a wide receiver uh, I don't care who it I need Golden Tate because I need a wide receiver give him 20 million dollars for one year and if he's a bust and he never lives up to being a number one wide receiver we can get rid of them where if in the past when you did that you had to give you had to give golden tate 70 million over four years and if he was a bust in year one you're like oh we got this this anchor hanging around (laughs) our cap that you know and and so now there's no repercussion so now in a lot of ways you're even more crazy drunken sailor spending for that first year, but for so, total. So 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 let me let me tell you. So the NBA has a very strong structure. They've they've really done their homework and they've really kind of cleaned this up since, you know, everything changed with LeBron and all that a couple of years back. This is the way I think the NFL needs to start to consider with with those veteran contracts. Fine, pay pay Garoppolo thirty seven million, but then there's got to be some kind of structured template in place for for the team to go from there. Right, the contract can't go from thirty-seven to fifteen. Yeah, in year two, it's got to go from thirty-seven to twenty-nine. To, you know what I mean? There's right. got to be some there sort of be rhythm. Seventy percent to, to the cash from flow. one year, right? There, right. That's probably the way to do it. Is there yeah. has to be a percentage limit from one year to the next? That's how it, the NBA has it: five percent up or five percent down. So right. if you want to front load it, you can start high, but it's, it's got to come down in increments of five percent. Right. That makes right. a lot of sense. Or there's sense. a cap on the amount of upfront cash that can. That's sure. kind of how the NHL does it, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, you can you can give a guy ten million dollar bonus, yeah. or, or whatever the limit on the bonus is, but you, you know, you, you can't give them eighty percent of the deal in the first year. I, I just think that is the discussion that needs to be had with this new CBA. You know, of course, the franchise tags need to change, things like that. I mean, the quarterback franchise tag is a joke. By the way, a little side note to this conversation: Jimmy Garoppolo's thirty-seven million dollar cap hit. Is throwing the franchise sure, tag sure, off. Sure, sure, sure. That's so you're going to have right? Le'Veon Bell at 22 million next year, maybe. That's going to throw the running back off. So, right. So you can't be doing that because right. that's that's screwing everybody else up. Yeah, that's that's another good point. Is that all these front loaded <laughs> deals now raise the the, the position because yeah. the because the salary the franchise tag is based on position. So, yeah. very interesting, you know. And and again, this all started with a conversation about how players are so much more ready when they come into the NFL because of the way colleges have changed. Because frankly because of the way the NFL has had to change to adapt to what the college is sending them. It's always been the case. What the college is sending them is what the NFL has to be. You, you can, you know, nobody runs the I formation with a fullback anymore because there aren't any of those in college and, right. and you don't have those kind of players anymore. So, so it, it's shortened up the, 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 the time frame of when guys are ready to play because they're so much more prepared. And, and again, to your point of is it fair Trevor Lawrence has to wait two more years to to get into the NFL. You could argue whether it is or it isn't that the rules, you have to play three years in college. If they want to change the rule, that's fine. I always feel like there's overreaction to yeah. one player. There was overreaction to Leonard Fournette yeah. the one year, and as that proved to be as it's turned out, he's never been the kind of player no. that people he thought is he was going to be. <laughs> so let's cool our jets a little bit on that. Trevor Lawrence looked great. Um, again, give everybody in the ACC a year to figure out what Trevor Lawrence does well and what he doesn't do well and see if the same thing happens again next year one little uh one last nfl note here because it's topical <laughs> why are teams still paying kickers uh, yeah that's a how th- are there three I, kickers with four-year contracts right now i don't know i mean it, it, it it's it the nature of a kicker is that they're good and then they it's then revolving they fall door apart. right 
but it's a revolving door. I mean, yeah. you see you see kicker changes. Some teams do it three times every year. Right. And that's well, just and how they operate. Well, part of that is because there is a pretty good sized pool of available guys. That's right. Now, if you if you have, if you find a great one like a Justin Tucker, be happy because they're they're so good. But if you get stuck with a Cody Parkey, who at one point was very good but clearly struggled all year, there's ten other guys that can be just as good. Now it's never easy to find a guy who could be a Justin Tucker, but you're but you're right. And teams are they've never had a lot of patience with kickers to begin with anyway. Right. But there's a lot less of it now. So you're right. Why would you ever ever pay a kicker big money? Look at the Bears. And the Steelers are both going to have to live with Cody Parker and Chris Boswell. Because they both gave him big contracts. Yeah. I mean, I mean unless, unless big, the Steelers want to take some dead cap, which that's very possible, I guess. But Cody Parker's $3 million salary is guaranteed next year. Right. To go with a bonus. So if you well, want to... Don't s- tell that to Chicago fans. Oh, I did. I tweeted it right after the game. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Now, again, back to our original discussion. They can eat that if they want to they, because they, gonna I don't to. know how you bring him back. They're going to have to. They're going to have to. But I love that Robbie Gold was in the stands drinking a beer. Was he really? Yeah, in the stands watching that. Wow. The all, yeah, pretty much the all-time great Bears kicker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and, and that's, again, that's what seems to happen to kickers is they, they just lose it. They just that's lose right. it. They, they'll be great, and they'll be the best kicker in the league, and in the next year, they lose it. And, 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 you know, or you get an injury or whatever, but it's, it's the most mental of all positions. And there is no way for any good, the best scout in the NFL to figure out when that guy's going to lose it. But we live in this world right now where we're talking about teams with 90 million in cap space. Right. And the only reason to sign a guy to a four-year deal is to spread the cap out. Right. To spread a you bonus don't have to do it anymore. Spread, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. That's antiquated. Yeah. Put these guys on two-year deals. Guarantee the first. Get out if you need to. I mean, that's just that. That's a no-brainer for me. I mean, in terms of cap, I'm all for guys getting getting paid. By the way, I'm not trying to, you know, right. I'm not trying to crap on any of that. But in this situation where where the, it's been a revolving door for five years, I mean, the turnover has been unbelievable. It's something to actually look up at this point. How, how many kickers have been turned over and on their eighth team right now? You yeah. know, but yeah, I it's just you hate to see a story like this where a guy who, you know, has that situation happen to him. Probably can't come back to that city anymore. Probably not. But it's going to get paid $3 million to yeah. walk away. So our football discussion today started with a player from Clemson who can't play in the NFL for two years, <laughs> and it ends on kickers. How about that, huh? All right, let's talk a little Major League Baseball, yeah. Mike. Yeah, let's uh, end any on this. Up, any <laughs> update whatsoever? Every week we, we, we touch on baseball, and there's never there hasn't been much going on. I actually want to come full circle on this conversation, and I want to talk Bryce Harper to, to kind of close things out here. Um, Really interesting stuff happening from Scott Boris. And if you're not following that, do some, uh, do some homework on, on what Boris is offering here. He's signed a couple of players now, uh, Zach Britton with the Yankees and then the uh, Japanese player to Seattle um, to these really unique deals. So we're already out of the player option era, by the way. Right. <laughs> that's, right. that's old news now. Not only is there a player option, but there's a club option with it, right? So essentially it's a mutual option. But not only is it just a one-year option, it's this whole second contract, right? It's, so it's like, here's a three-year deal. If the club wants to, they can now extend it to a four-year extension after that, already built in. The numbers are already there. There's no restructuring or any of that having to happen. So this guy can just be on the team for seven years if the, if the club wants it. Otherwise, they can decline it, and then the player gets the option to play out one more year with the team on X salary. Super, super good stuff. Basically, you're, you're putting... You're giving the team the ability to have this guy long-term, which is what you want with a free agent who you know, is going to be a major piece like a starting pitcher. 
or you can get out of it, but then the player also gets some chance to make some money and, and, and stick around for another year if he wants to, based on where he sits in terms of his career. I, I love the direction that's going. With all that said, <laughs> Bryce Harper, Scott Boris's major, con, uh, major client here for the next, you know, probably three weeks based on how this is sort of laying out. I have come down on my, on my, on my thoughts with him. Bryce Harper has a real chance here to do something that needs to be done. And it's right in line with all these discussions we're having across these sports. He has a chance to be Kevin Durant and LeBron James right now. And I think he needs to do it. I think he needs to take the stance of the 10 year 350 that, that everybody talked about. He talked about Boris has talked about it was 400 at one point. That contract is, is dead. And even if you get creative, like we just mentioned, like Boris has been trying to do here, even if you get creative, that's not sexy to anybody anymore. Nobody cares that Gene Carlos Stanton has a $325 million. Nobody cares no, anymore. No, it's not because like when A-Rod he, signed, like signed the 10-year deal yeah. and it was, it was whoa. I mean, no, that's, not, it's not like that anymore. There's no headlines for that anymore. Nope. They last an hour, then they're gone because the next guy's up, right? Yep. And that's what's going to happen here. And we're immune to the money now, too. That, Completely. You know, I mean, again, I, I, you know, Sorry. I, I can take fault. you back to the older <laughs> days when, when I, I'll never forget as a young kid when the Yankees signed Dave Winfield yes, to the first ever million-dollar contract. It was it was shocking it was headline making it, it led it was the front page of the newspaper of you know i mean it was it, it was amazing and again that was a world where gasoline was 80 cents a gallon too so th- those days we're not we're immune to the money where now. would bryce harper's 350 million contract end up in a newspaper right now uh other than in washington third page right yeah okay yeah but here's where he, where he could make some noise and it's the Durant situation, right? There, the difference between this and the NBA is the NBA has slotted maximums, right? So, so Kevin Durant could only, or LeBron James could only sign for $38 million for the first year. That doesn't happen in baseball. There's no minimum, right? It's a luxury tax league. So if Bryce Harper comes out and says, I want $45 million this year, there's going to be teams raising their hand, right? I want a one-year $45 million contract, and then I want a player option of $50 million next year. To me, that's, that's the way to go. Interesting. Here. Let's shorten this thing right down. And, and right. by the way, I think it should be back with Washington. I think the Nationals have done enough this right. offseason. That pitching rotation, they've added the relief pitchers. They've got the kids in the outfield. Maybe, this, maybe doing this doesn't allow them to extend Anthony Rendon this year. Maybe they have to wait till next year. Fine. Everybody's still there. This team was a playoff team you know, in the making. They just sort of lost their wheels in the middle of last season. That happens. I just think there's a comfort level with Bryce Harper and the Nationals. They're still in talks. They've been talking as, as recently as two days ago. This is where this needs to go. Don't hamstring the Nationals. You don't want to be there for 10 years, by the way. Right. I, I, no, no you don't want to lock yourself in. You don't want in. to be in D.C. for 10 years. Yeah. But if you're there for one year and you have a salary that is $20 million more than any other player in baseball, and you get the chance to make $50 million in 2020, right? If you get to increase yourself in 2020, what else would you want? $95 million in two years to be with a team you've already been with and, give, and have a legitimate chance to take that team to the finish line. You know what? Uh, this, this whole discussion today as we wrap things up here on the SpotTrack.com podcast makes me think of two things. Uh, players, players are commodities now, basically. Yes. And it makes me think of, and I just happened to watch it a couple weeks ago on Netflix, an old Jerry Seinfeld stand-up routine. And one of Seinfeld's famous bits are, as a, we talked about sports fans, is that you're rooting for laundry, right? <laughs> you're not rooting for players anymore. You're rooting for laundry. 
laundry. You're looting for the uniform. Yeah. Whoever is in it this year, next year, they're, they're different players are going to be in it. Um, and, and it, and it, and that's probably a 20 year old bit. But maybe Jerry knew where things were going in that, and and that's what's that's what's disappointing for fans because fans are emotionally attached to Bryce Harper, the player, not the left, the outfielder for the Nationals, but. And this is what every part of the discussion today has been about. Don't get locked into the player. Get locked into the team because there's a good chance that every year it's going to be a different guy. But and, – and we're here in Buffalo right now, Paul, right? Right. And we just had Kyle Williams, Buffalo Bills defensive tackle, retire. Solid player for 13 sure. years. But he's he's important because he was here for 13 years. Yes, but it's so rare now. No, no. But that's, that is his importance. True. I mean, he was he was a Pro Bowler a few times. Right. You know, he he made some nice nice big plays for us. You know, one playoff game in 13 right. years. That's not his fault. But right. but he is beloved here because he was here for right. 13 years. And there's something to that. And you put Bryce Harper back in that team for a year, maybe two more, and and to me that conversation changes, right? Because then he's made a decision to stay. I don't know that the players and the agents think that way anymore, though. No, no, but I, I, you're, you're talking about perception. Yeah. Perception is should be team, not player. But if Bryce Harper makes a decision to return to Washington, even for one more year, even for one more year. He's a hero. He's a hero. Yeah. And isn't that part of what he's looking for right now? He's I looking for that. I don't know, Mike. He's come out I, and said, I, I want my contract to be something people talk about. Yeah, I, I don't know whether players think that way anymore. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, we live in a world where you can watch any game anytime, anywhere. Uh, you can hop on a plane and be anywhere, any place in three hours. I, I just, I don't know that that's important anymore for the players and the agents in particular. Now, for some it is. The, the Kyle Williams reference you mentioned is, yeah. is important. Um, I, I just... I don't know that that's something that's front burner for players anymore. They want to get their money. They want to get. They want to get in a situation that they feel ha- allows them to succeed, which then lets them get more of their money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of players could choose to take less and stay where they are for sentimental reasons, for lack of a better word. Sure. I don't feel like I see that a lot anymore. I, 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 I really don't. I, I would agree with you, except for I'm discussing a contract worth $95 million over two years. Yeah, right. So, so I don't know how much, like how much sentiment involved. Yeah, no, I, I, you're, you're, <laughs> and, and it would be nice to get us back to that point yeah. where guys do think that, okay, I can take that, I can go there for 110 or I can stay here for 95 uh, and keep my legacy going and, keep, and, and, and be a bigger part of the community. Um, that's all great. I I, I, I think it's a little pie in the sky to me. Honestly. The NBA has taken measures to get guys to stay. Right. Right. You can you can stay for five year contracts. You can go for four year contracts. There's a maximum. You but, but they don't. The greatest don't. player in all time is, is on his fourth team. Now. They don't. But it, it has happened. There's been more of that than not. Right. Um, the NFL with this cap space is going to turn into that. You're going look at that's how these teams are going to spend money. They're going to sign their own guys because they need to spend some money and they can front load the cap of it this year, right? I mean, that's how it's going to work. You're going to see guys being signed to contracts that they normally probably wouldn't have quicker because of this cap space. So it's sort of the way that all these leagues are going, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be here for 10 years, but maybe two. And that's what I'm saying with Bryce Harper. Why not two? 
All right, so one of the best reasons to uh, be a regular visitor of SpotTrack.com is exactly what Mike's talked about today, is you can see all these numbers reported, but particularly when it comes to the NFL, what Mike does so well is give you the reality of it. It's not a four-year, $30 million deal. It's really a one-year, $12 million deal, and that's what SpotTrack.com is great about, and that's what any good sports fan really needs to know and not just buy into whatever the agent sends to the media that then repeats it because it looks better. Um, Can't recommend recommend that particular reason for checking SpotTrack.com on a regular basis. And of course, we'll be here with the SpotTrack.com podcast as well, talking about the topics and issues that are front and center when it comes to the world of sports business. Make sure you rate us uh, on all the iTunes and other available places to get this podcast. We're here every week. For Mike Gennetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com, my name is Paul Peck. Thanks for joining us on the SpotTrack.com podcast. podcast.